Okay, Josh, when you were a little boy, and when I was a little boy, or maybe when you're an adult and you're decorating for a party, right. <laughs> there uh, you can cut like construction paper into like thin strips, and when you put them together, they make a loop. Right. But if you twist one side just, you know, 180 degrees, and there's just half a twist in it, it's something called, ta-da! A Mobius strip? A Mobius strip. And uh, Josh and I actually had conversation that looped, no pun intended, well, pun intended, I guess, into how learning and conversations and knowledge integration and transfer actually works. So we wanted to riff on that a little bit today. Yeah, let's talk about it. Launch out on the loop with us as we discuss the Mobius loop phenomenon today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an ever-growing collection of content designed to ignite your creative talent, power up your critical thinking skills, master your world by learning the essentials needed to thrive in this century. We share conversations that explore, examine, and reframe practical topics to help you learn something new and apply what you already know in a new way in a constantly changing world. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications and new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, be sure to sign up for the newsletter by visiting us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation. All right. So Mobius Loop. This is uh, where there's a one-sided geometric shape. Now, it sounds a little funny when you say, what do you mean one-sided? It's really where... um, A rectangle or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you take your finger on that loop that we described, so go back to your you know, decorating for Christmas or you make those paper chains and you put that half a twist in it, if you start your finger on the top and you don't change, you just, you're touching the strip all the way around, eventually you're going to end up on the inside. But you're like, wait a minute, wasn't I just on the outside? And then you keep following it and eventually end, back, end up back on the outside again. Correct. And it's just the nature of it. And so you think like, isn't that impossible? It's like, well, no, you just practically showed it in real life. And I think this is important because oftentimes, especially in the West, there is, I am the teacher and you are the student. And there's obviously examples of that all around the world. And the construct, what we're talking about here is that the teacher is almost like the fountain of information and they're elevated to a place beyond the student. Yeah. So it's really not a position above the person that's learning or the learner. It's really just you have knowledge that they don't. And so you're trying to, in a way, teach them, but really you're trying to show them knowledge, right? And they're trying to assimilate knowledge. So we we thought this idea of this Mobius strip because you're on the top, you're on the bottom, but you're always traveling the loop, right? Together. And so along the way, there's different stops you're going to take. You're going to that's what we say always join us on the loop or, you know, come out on, you know, onto the loop with us. We started that. We never really thought of the Mobius strip when we started that, to be honest, <laughs> but it fits really well with what, how we think this podcast is starting to kind of open people's mind to critical thinking skills. Yeah. And as we talk about uh, the community that's forming around Curiosity Continuum and what's happening, we wanted to be sure that everybody knew that they had something valuable to contribute I think sometimes right. you have imposter syndrome or something else kicks in to go like, well, you know, that's not as important because everybody knows that. Or you say like, well, it's not worth sharing. 
oftentimes you'd be surprised. Like uh, we've said before, like your normal every day is somebody else's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's a complete, I never knew that could be that way. And because it's so, you're so close to it, you don't realize it. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing with anything, right? Like just something because it comes easy to you doesn't mean that it is easy. So even though it might be a simple task um, for even a lot of people, but there are people out there that maybe don't know it or not exposed to it. I mean, I'm surprised sometimes when I talk to people and things that I take for granted or things that I've known for years and they have no concept of what I'm talking about. And I'm like, really? You know, it, it floors me, but it's also, then it also brings me up to the point where I'm like, that's a point where we can transfer the knowledge, right? Like I can teach them something they don't know and they can learn it and ask questions and then absorb it and redo the process over and over. Yeah. And when you are in that position of explaining something to somebody who's not familiar with the terms or the con context or whatever, you have questions come back to you to go, oh, huh, I never, now I'm going to go and explain it this way, or I'm going to approach this particular thing. And you as the teacher are learning. And that's the, the uh, symbiotic relationship where even apprentices or young designers or young whatever it might be, right? they are contributing their thoughts into the process. They're not like dyed-in-the-wool experts, quote-unquote experts by now. But you're learning and you're seeing it. And somebody else is going, oh yeah, because of this X, Y, Z. And, 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 and the real interesting part about that is because, like Brian said, because of that, like if let's say you're in an apprentice situation, the person teaching you, the master, they would call them, they actually are learning too because they've gotten to such the point in that skill or trade can't learn by themselves anymore. They need someone else that is less learned in them in that subject or that area to actually help push their knowledge forward too because they're constantly reframing it, constantly redoing it, constantly iterating it so they can understand it. Yes. I think about musicians. So obviously being a musician and having uh, gone from a young musician to now a seasoned musician, there's definitely an arc that happens when you're developing your musical voice. And so for musicians, you have to listen. You're listening to music, you are maybe reading music, but you have to interpret it. Now, at the beginning of a musician's journey, they're going to be learning the basic things. Here's how you count rhythm. This is how you can sight read. This is how uh, the, the mechanics of playing your particular instrument, even if it's singing, you're learning all, all the things of like breath control and things. What happens then is when you're studying people or studying styles, you first mimic, right? Can right. I make myself sound like so-and-so doing that? What are the little idiosyncrasies that make them sound that way? When you're talking about styles of music, you're going like, what are the specific hallmarks that are needed to play this style credibly? Now, what happens if you continue on your musical journey after you've found your heroes or found your influences, you end up taking what they've done and you've integrated it into yourself and then it becomes you playing something. Yeah. And sometimes there's a call to mimic, but oftentimes when you are a top musician, you're getting called because of what you do what you bring to the music and you know those people that were your heroes you know for some of these folks like you they become colleagues and they're listening back to you and that's a really interesting time when that happens because like they're always listening like what are you saying how are you saying it how can i say something differently or better and they appreciate one another in that process 
Yeah, and this is what we're talking about, the continual learning, the continual transfer of knowledge, the continual iteration that happens in life all the time. We do this all the time. Uh, people do this all the time, just don't know they're doing it because you have to, right? You change. You have to change. You have to do stuff sometimes out of necessity because, you know, maybe you need to pick up a new skill or whatever because something broke in your house and you don't have the money to call somebody all the time to fix stuff. Or, you know, your car broke down and you're like, I can do this. And so you're going to learn that. And maybe you get a friend or somebody over to show you. And so you are learning that skill or that knowledge and then you're reinterpreting it and applying it back. And there is a trial and error with it, you know. Right. So like Josh was telling me earlier today that he's got a well pump at his place. Yeah. And he actually ran like he modified it so it's easier to work on. Can yes. you share a little bit about that, Josh? Yeah. So what I did actually is what. So our house is like almost 20 years old. So it's like 18 years old. When we moved in here, it was vacant for two years. So nothing was really running. Everything was shut off. And so when we came in, uh, things started breaking, of course, <laughs> because they hadn't been run in a while. Well pump is one of those things that if it's not being used in a consistent basis, it kind of like just sits there and it's not good to keep it'll seize up or something like that. So our original well pump seized up and um, I called a plumber or whatever. And I was just like, hey, how much is it to come out and like do this, you know? And he's like, yeah, it's about 800 bucks. And I'm like, there's just no way I'm paying 800 bucks for this when I can see the pump right there, you know? So I went to, you know, your favorite big box store, Home Depot or Lowe's. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like looking around and I find a pump that looks very similar to the one I had. I'm like, oh, I'll just buy this. So I buy that. And I go to the PVC section and I buy a bunch of PVC. Like, I'm not really sure. I did some plumbing before, but basically you're just like trying to fit puzzle together, right? Well, because what the scary part with this is once you because you have to remove an old pump, you have to cut everything off and you have to like, OK, so once I cut this, like I told my wife, once I cut this, uh, it better I better be able to fix it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did is I made it easier to work on by cutting. I did cut out the old one out, but I put in a bunch of like unions, which are screw together things that aren't permanent and you can they're a permanent solution, but you can unscrew them. And so what I did is I made it so it was like modular. So now if I ever have to work on my well pump or like just a switch or something, I can just unscrew it. I shut off the power, obviously, and just unscrew it. And I can take the well pump off in about, I can change the well pump in about eight to 10 minutes now. Where before it was like a two to three hour job because you had to glue everything back together. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, well... It's like five extra dollars and stuff to do it. <laughs> so why not just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, it, save, it saves uh, effort in the, in the end. So like when I, th I think about this break, Josh, like with, with cars, I've talked to a lot of car mechanics in my time. I, I sound like I'm 90 years old when I say that. But when I've ta <laughs> talked yeah. to the auto, because I am not a car expert. I know enough. Like I can change my own oil. I know when the tires are low. I know how to do that kind of thing. But living in a city... It's easier just to drive up and have somebody do it for you. And when it comes to like major stuff, I'm always calling somebody that I know sure. about it just because I'm not the expert with it. So I always love to learn and I'm always asking the guys or the gals working in the shop like, hey, like what's going on here? What happened to this thing, the other thing? And the good ones will always kind of give you that overview and kind of bring you into the world. And they'll show you the part and they'll say, there's what's going on. 
And oftentimes when they said, okay, this is what it is. It was like eight hours of labor to take half the engine apart, (laughs) to put this one piece on, to snap it in. And sometimes I've heard, you know, if the engineers had given me another quarter inch to fit this tool in, it would be this. Or if they hadn't placed it here, what happens is that like when you are just in teacher mode or in prescription mode and you do something and you're not thinking about the people down on the other side of the loop, you design it in such a way where it's like, well, yeah, this is a two hour job. Cause it maybe was the easiest way to do it. Like I don't have those extra five bucks at the front. Right. <laughs> doesn't mean like all of a sudden now it's like, okay, now Josh learned a lot about why he should put those little, little uh, modular pieces in because it makes maintenance a lot easier. Exactly. That's not like the, the shiny work in life, but that really makes it way more functional. And uh, we have a friend's dad who's master mechanic and he for years worked on cars and worked on our cars. I brought my car to him a little too much because it was the quality of my car. It wasn't had nothing to do with him. Um, but he got into it originally because, you know, it was all the muscle cars and things and you could just get a wrench and go to work and you could fix the car. Everything yeah. now is so computerized. He, he kind of didn't love it as much because he goes, it was a computer telling you what was wrong, not you figuring it out. And he's a very smart problem solver, this guy. And I think what happens is if you get in such a mode of like, well, just tell me how to do it and I'll do it but you're not pressing back to go like, hey, what if we did it this way? Now that's a good teacher-student. And really, if you both approach, like, I know what I know, I'd like to learn from you, that's a healthy uh, relational dynamic when you are transferring knowledge back and forth. Right. So what are some of the key takeaways here, Brian? I think we said one is like the healthy uh, relationship between two people when you're transferring knowledge, but also the Mobius strip part is important because... The top and the bottom. One side could be the learner. One side could be the teacher. But when you run your hand around it and you realize you're on both sides. Yes. Which is what is important in this, right? Yeah. When you realize that very, very quickly and fluidly, you can go from uh, imparting knowledge to receiving knowledge to integrating knowledge. All those that interchange, that's where we actually get better as people. Um, Not only your own like cognition, like where Josh said, okay, here's where I can learn this. But then... You know, if he had to teach me someday, like, hey, here's how you do it, Brian. He would know, and I would ask questions along the way as a, why is this? Why is that? Right. It's like a child doing it, and you're having to rethink through everything. Because sometimes I think we get in such a rut that we forget to just go, oh, there's other people that are coming at it from a different perspective. And rather than saying, like, I will always be the teacher in this situation, if we approach it with more of a, like, a uh, humility to say, like, you know, we are learning, I'm learning and I know what I know, and I'd like to know what you know, I, that that's a great way to approach it, just with an attitude of humility and a willingness to learn. Yeah, I think uh, we did pretty good, don't you? Explaining it a little bit? I, uh, yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> so, I think we'll just put a comma here, and uh, we'll we'll revisit this topic again, because I know it's a little heavy at first. So, if you, But if you listen to this and you kind of think about it, I think you'll get a pretty good understanding where we're coming from. So I guess until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.